You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Welcome, everybody, to episode 18 of BNI, The Australian Story. BNI Australia is a powerful and collaborative business organisation built on relationships, which are an essential part of any credible marketing strategy. BNI is Australia's premier business networking organisation, and our service is designed to offer its members the opportunity to create business relationships, share ideas, contacts, and most importantly, business referrals. My name is Veronica, and I'm here today with our Executive Director, Mr Brent Edwards. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning, all, or whatever time of day you're actually listening to this. Yeah, we're still on Zoom at the moment, uh, at the current time and the current date, so uh, hopefully we'll be back in the studio soon. So uh, our audio quality will obviously um, improve by then, we hope. So uh, hopefully next episode we'll see us back in the studio. All fingers crossed. That would be great. And what's very exciting is I think all of the members, especially across Australia, can feel a change is in the air. We're feeling some restrictions being lifted. I know some of the BNI chapters are already in contact with their venues, asking when they'll be able to open up again, when they'll be able to get back to face-to-face meetings. What's the buzz with you? What's the word on the street from BNI members? Uh, it's it's all up to the traditional meeting relaunch. So uh, we record this a couple of weeks ahead. So we may have some groups getting close to closer to that, but it all depends what government regulations and what venues can do at the time, but I can tell you from a BNI executive, uh, they are working on the roadmap to get back to a traditional meeting relaunch or a TMR, as we like and to call it. BNI has actually handled, and everyone has, has said the same thing. The feedback has been that BNI has handled the whole transition so professionally, so quickly. They were, they were so far ahead of, uh, of, I guess, COVID in some ways in Australia because we've still been able to do amazing amounts of business and uh, to continue the meetings going. So I wonder how much of the Zoom will actually stick, how much of what we're doing at the moment will actually stick. But I know that everyone is very, very um, enthusiastic about getting back to -to face-to-face. Absolutely, absolutely. But there'll be no hugging, no high-fives, no handshakes for a while, unfortunately, but uh, it'll be good to see everyone back face-to-face. Well, we'll still keep doing business and obviously our podcasts will continue. And today, um, we've got a, a fantastic guest who once again showing the diversity of the different members around the country who are a part of BNI. Yeah, we're off to Sydney today. And our guest today is Gary Freitas from LumaPixel Creative Production Studio. And he's in the BNI Momentum chapter in Sydney. He's been a BNI member for three years. So welcome, Gary. Great to see you here. And um, Really great to have you on our podcast today. So we ask everyone, a bit of a tradition of our podcast, how'd you find about, out about BNI and who invited you along? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's funny, actually. BNI was saying that I didn't know existed uh, three years ago. That's the reality. I didn't know that there was this collection of like-minded business people that were meeting all around the country and around the world um, until my cousin, actually, who was 
in the middle of an application process for BNI Momentum. Um, Tommy, look, do you want to come along to this meeting? It's at Centennial Park, 6 o'clock in the morning. You'll meet some people. I've got to get my numbers up, as he mentioned at the time. <laughs> like, could, could, you, uh, could you come along? I'd love to. I, I think there'd be some real a great benefits for you. Um, I don't know how you'll find it, but by, by all means, come along. And that's, yeah, that's essentially how I heard about it. And that very first meeting, um, that very first meeting, actually, I secured $5,500 of work in that first meeting. Oh, uh, as wow. a Amazing. Um, so, and so it wasn't just that the proof was in the pudding. I was just like, well, actually, this is probably the thing that I've been trying to avoid networking for the last 12 years in my business. Um, <laughs> maybe it's time that I look at this more seriously with a group of people that are more accountable and actually do this in a way that's more meaningful. Now, Gary, I'd probably um, hate to tell you, but that first meeting where you got $5,500 worth of work, the way, and you probably know now the way we work, it was probably a bit of a fluke because you are in the right place at oh. the right time. Yeah, very rare, actually. Um, and the work didn't come from a member. It came from another visitor. Um, yeah. Who's still a client now, three years later, actually. We're doing a bigger project for him now. So, yeah, very much a... It wasn't the reason that I joined. It was... But it definitely demonstrated the power of having trust in a room. Um, yeah. And, and um, yeah, at the best of times, I'm probably a good person at building trust and rapport in a short amount of time. I would, yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I think that's something that I do relatively well because uh, I'm quite an open, transparent person. But, yeah, it, it definitely made me feel like, oh, this is a group of people that are our peers, that, that get it, and they understand why we're here, and they, yeah, they, they're driving towards a common goal. Now, before B&I, you were trying more traditional networking, uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that and what the pitfalls of that was compared to BNI? Yeah, it's funny actually. Um, thinking about the kind of these COVID nineteen times, um, I feel like if there was ever something to point to the fact that BNI is more than just a networking group, it's the fact that we have maintained uh, what we do so well via kind of Zoom chats, but also how excited people are to get back in the room face to face. If it was traditional networking, well then, what's the difference between being online for a Zoom chat and putting up your business card on screen and handing out a business card into a, a random fishbowl at the, you know, the RSL club um, and then getting spammed for the next four years. Um, there's actually no difference at all. Whereas our B&I, our B&I members, we want to be face-to-face -face because we care about each other. I like seeing my accountant and my solicitor and our celebrant and um, you know, our local gym owner. I like seeing them in a room and being able to bounce ideas and talk to them and, and energise your week. Um, and even though we're a Wednesday morning chapter, it does really energise our whole week. Um, I always find my Thursday and Friday are always more productive by being in a room with people that are really my sales and marketing team um, in many ways. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, mean, I guess for me, traditional traditional networking has always been, yeah, turn up, pop a business card into the bowl, have some drinks. There's three groups in the corner that are getting slightly plastered. Um, and then from the remainder, half of those people are maybe in your relevant demographic, then another 10% of those are actually people you want to talk to. And then maybe 2% of those are ones that you actually would start a conversation with after that meeting and that would go anywhere. Um, so it's never been, yeah, it's never worked very well. I just wanted to ask you, Gary, obviously, um, and you know, being a, in the entertainment industry myself, it's a different, uh, it's a different world in the entertainment performance, uh, video, audio kind of sphere. And a lot of people may say, I don't do networking. And so I just wanted to ask you, how has your business uh, benefited from networking, especially with the way that uh, the world has changed of late, uh, most recent times. And also, what would you say to anybody out there in, you know, in our industry who says I don't do networking? 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, I think naturally performers and people in, in the production space or in the film and media space, you are networking. It's actually most of your work comes from, the next contract comes from, oh, I know Tom and he, and that's actually what you're doing, except you're doing it with less structure. You're doing it with more finger in the wind, hope that somebody will actually yeah. refer a job your way. Um, whereas if anything, all it really does is put a structure around a group of people that are dedicated to helping you grow your business. Um, and you could, some people would say, oh, but you know, isn't BNI a small business? Isn't it just like the local, you know, the local accountant and yeah. you know, the random bar owner or something? Um, and to a degree, yeah, they are local businesses. But the power of those local businesses is that everyone's network is far outreaching um, their local sphere. Um, perfect example for me is that um, I was probably one of the larger businesses within our group. Um, and so I was dealing with different things day to day, but it also means that I could be a bit of a mentor to other members. Um, and then we had a gym owner join our group, who was probably double my size. And all of a sudden, I could have conversations with him that he couldn't have with other members or vice versa. He was getting advice and I was getting advice that I didn't have access to before. Um, yeah. And I didn't even know he existed. I didn't even know his gym network existed. Um, I, I think in many ways, uh, the great power of BNI is not just putting great people together, but um, by making connections to a, a network outside of that room that you never know you never knew existed. Um, we actually had a member of ours, he's a performance coach, and he was sitting in a dentist chair and, um, and, the, and he was you know, getting his teeth worked on, he was getting a root canal or something, and, and the dentist was like, oh, you know, God's sake, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to rush you through, I just got this meeting this afternoon, I've been trying to get this website up and running and it's just killing me. And from the dentist chair, he's like, you know, with cotton wool in his mouth, like, oh, a website, do you, do you need a video? <laughs> That's essentially what he said. Um, and, and this dentist said, actually, we do need a video. That turned into a $10,000 project. Um, that is fantastic. That one, that being open to the conversation and actively pursuing a connection with somebody that was within his sphere with me in mind turned into a $10,000 project. Um, and a really good project, a really interesting project for, with a business that was innovative and, and willing to challenge different norms around the dentistry industry it's a which seems strange but that's we're actually we're, yeah we're fine with that yeah and look it was a great referral um yeah very much so i just want to hit on something you said before and a lot of people come to our meetings and they look around the room and they say yeah these guys aren't my target market my target market is a is a higher end of town i want to deal with bigger companies but uh, you know looking through uh, your website you've got some really good connections with some corporate brands and just by looking at things on the face, they don't know who's these people are actually dealing with and actually connecting with. And it's a very short-sighted view. When they look into a room and they see a group of local businesses, and they think, oh, my target market's too small, but they're not looking beyond the room and who they know. And that's the real power of BNI is making those connections through everyone's dealing with. Um, I see also that you're a, a, a veteran of 5,000... TV commercials and brand videos, as well. Um, yeah, correct. Well, actually, uh, yeah, that's that's me personally correct. But the business is about eighteen and a half thousand now. Eighteen and a half thousand wow. produced in the last fourteen years. Yeah. So um, you were telling yourself there that you had a um, you know you had a really quiet time at the start of the sort of COVID mm -hmm. thing, but you've been really busy now, and you've been helping people looking at things from a different way with their with their video promotion so can you tell us a little about that a little bit how you yeah. leverage the opportunity through that through those people and, and helped out those people who are mainly working from home and what you can do for them yeah 
Um, look, actually, very much so. The, one of the one of the things I think I love most about BNI is that it keeps you focused. Um, it's really easy as a business owner in business to kind of not go off half cocked, but you know, to get a bit tangential. It's like you start on something, then you get pulled onto something else, and you get pulled somewhere else. Whereas actually having that weekly meeting has really kept me focused around um, what's important in my business, the people that are important in my business, um, and also the connections that we've made, et cetera, and the work that we're doing. So when kind of COVID-19 restrictions came in, I had already been in lockdown for about a month. My partner's um, immunocompromised, and so is her mother. They both live with me. Um, and so we basically hadn't left the house in a month already. When we started doing Zoom calls, I'd already not been out of the house for a month. Um, and now we're probably going on 12 weeks. So, uh, and what was, I guess, really interesting is that we had this kind of six-week period of essentially no revenue, 98% drop in revenue. And we've been through a GFC as a, as a business back in 2007. Um, and one thing I did know from then was that we had a, a two-month period of basically twizzling our thumbs. And then as soon as people realized, wait a second, who is going to be remembered? Who's going to be remembered when this whole thing blows over? And it's the people that have been doing marketing, that have been present, that have been supporting other people. Um, and so I kind of stuck to my values around that and, and keep reiterating that to our BNI group as well, that the more we support people and care for people, the better you're going to come out at the end of this. So we had six weeks of yeah. basically no revenue. And now we're basically in May. Um, it's shaping up to be, if I take May just by itself and don't kind of have to spread that, that cost across time, it'll be one of our biggest months ever. Um, we'll probably only just, wow. just barely break even because we're making up for six weeks of nothing. But May itself, it looks like a great month. And I think June, July will maybe not quite be as big as that, but we'll definitely grow on top of that. Um, and that's really from our big, our bigger clients, the bigger brands we work with, saying, we really trust you. It's been so difficult to find a, a great supplier that really understands the commerciality of what we do as well as the creative side. And we will be back. We might be back in three weeks, we might be back in a month, but we will be back. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really where we've positioned ourselves. And yeah, we've obviously made an effort as well. We've produced some content to help people um, film material from home. So just some free content to put out there in terms of how to light yourself, how to do great audio recording, how to position yourself on camera and frame yourself. We also started a, a series called the True Grit series, which is us filming small businesses that have pivoted or that have really been doing their best to support their staff um, through the difficult time. One of those businesses, Real Peas here in Sydney, a cafe, um, they essentially had to turn half their um, their workers into delivery drivers to try and keep them in a job um, right. while they transformed their business from a face-to-face -face business to uh, to essentially a, a um, takeaway business. Um, and, yeah, they've done it really, really tough. But trying to tell some of those more positive stories was for us really important as well, not only for the morale of my team because they love telling yeah, a positive story that is engaging. They don't want to kind of engage in that doom and gloom that you're constantly seeing in the news every night. Um, and that's been a really, uh, we've had a really positive response to that as well. And I think that has also helped further our agenda around caring for people and taking care of people as opposed to how can I get my sales automation funnel to generate some work for me this month? That hasn't been our focus. Yeah, I really like the the positive message coming out and yeah, you turn on the news and especially for a couple of months, it was all doom and gloom. And uh, if you can put that positive message out and and let people, you know, give people something uplifting, uh, I think that's uh, that's fantastic. So as a member of BNI, Gary, what would be your tip for your fellow members to achieve uh, success in working our system? Yeah, interesting. Um, I think it's relatively simple, to be honest with you. I think it's about creating meaningful connections. Will that be with guests or visitors or the members within the room? Um, yes, B&I, sometimes people get thrown off by B&I um, 
in terms of how accountable we are. You know, they get thrown off by the fact that we measure one-to-ones, that we measure referrals, that we... I mean, I've had people visit B9 and say, oh, so do I have to open up my books and, and show my profit and loss? It's like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> um, like, we're not all each other. We don't need that. No, no. no, we don't need that. But we are trying to... We're trying to engender some kind of transparency in what we do so that you can actually measure us and keep each other accountable. So when somebody gives you a random referral, it isn't just to get the numbers up, it's because they've actually taken the time to introduce you to a meaningful contact. Um, and it's, I guess for us, it's in our group, we push it a lot, why we're so anti-spam. We're not interested in having 10 new email contacts join our database every week. That's not the goal. Um, to be able to kind of like focus less on yourself and serve others um, it's probably a big thing. I was actually I was watching a film the other day, uh, Minimalism, which maybe some of you are familiar with this documentary. And at the end of that film, the, the main takeaway is, you know, love people and use things because the other way around doesn't really work. Um, mm. And for me, that's really, that's the mantra behind what we do. If you serve people and you look after people and you take care of people, um, that will return to you because they'll, you know, like-minded people want to do the same. They'll want to return that favor and they'll want to return that care. Um, at the end of the day, you can always have another house, another house, another great car, but the people in that room that I work with every week and that I connect with every week um, are as an important part of my family as my actual family. Yeah, yeah family and community are so important uh, in BNI. I'm very much like that. I, I love the community that I've got in my chapter. We've worked hard because when, when members are, are struggling, the other members lift them up. And I think it's important that when you attract new members, that the members understand the quality of the people in the room, not just the businesses, but the quality of the people in the community that we've worked really hard. And we look after our members before we look after anybody else. We look after our members, do whatever we need to do to keep the chapter lifted. It's not always yeah. just about the numbers the chapter are doing. It's about the, the support, the community, you know, and, and during this crisis more than ever just being able to have that connection yeah. with someone else who's also struggling but also wants you to do well and be okay. Yeah. Look, and I was part of our chapter uh, our leadership team. I was the president of the chapter for about a year, uh, or just over a year. And I guess one of the key things that came out of that for me um, was an understanding that people come into that room and let's say they, they end up you know, being vetted and they join that group, et cetera, and then they kind of start to freak out. It's like, well, how am I going to find visitors? How am I going to get people to come and visit this? Um, and the reason that they are freaked out about trying to find visitors is because they only want to bring people into that group that are going to add value, that are culturally on the same page, that have the same growth goals. Um, if it was about finding random visitors, well, then you just put up a sign down on the street corner and every man and his dog would come along if you know if you wanted to do that. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for qualified people that are, that are great in their field, that are experts in their space. Um, and that actually do want to grow something. Um, we actually had a member, or well, not a member, actually, we had a, a visitor come in maybe six months ago. Um, he spent the entire time that he visited telling us about how he didn't need us and how he had a group of 50, you know, guys on the road doing great electrical work. And just like, okay, <laughs> great. How did that application well. go? <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is, then he, um, then he, finished, up, he finished our meeting, he put an application because he wanted to lock out his competition. And so it's like, well, we're, we're not Facebook who's trying to like buy up Instagram and every other kind of social media service because they may be profitable. Um, we want people in this group that want to support each other, not just lock out the competition. Locking out your competition is a sweetener in the deal. The fact that there's only one accountant in the room, there's only one commercial lawyer. Um, but it's not the driver to be in the room, that's for sure. 
I heard a story one day about um, a, a chapter that had three mechanics in the room one day. And uh, when we asked the people, uh, the visitors during the part of the meeting, what impressed them the most, uh, one said, yeah, I don't think it's really for me. I, I don't think I can make the commitment. I'm, I'm really busy. Um, yeah, you're a great group and you know, thank you for having me along, but I don't think it's, it's really for me. I just can't make up the, you know, commit the time. It's too much. And the other two mechanics actually heard this and said, oh, I, I think we're the same. I think we're right as well. And what he actually did was the first mechanic actually put in an application. He just wanted to scare his competition off. <laughs> and it worked. And he said, he said during the visitor orientation, he said, I, I didn't mean any of that. I just wanted to put the other guys off. So I got the spot in the group. So I yeah. that would actually, I, I don't know, if I was on the MC committee, I would be thinking twice about that kind of uh, strategy in the group. I'd be on yeah, the fence on that one. I don't know, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, people do become really protective. And I think that's, uh, you've actually touched on something really important, Gary, is that when people put in applications yeah. or come to meetings, don't think that the first application gets the position. There's a process and the process is all about making sure that as a new member, you're set up for success that you're referable, that there is a power group for you in the room, that there's um, a contrib contribution that you can make so that by the time you hit the ground running, you feel really good. Because we don't want anybody yeah. to come into the group feeling like they're not enough. Or maybe, yeah. you know, and, and you know, Brent, sometimes chapters take the wrong members for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, so I think it's really important. Take your time with the application process, get it right, follow the process and you can't get it wrong. Look, absolutely, yeah. and I think, I mean, it's, you know, if you're spending, and the reality is, and I used to say this to people when I was um, a president of the chapter, just when I spoke to new members or people that were potentially applying to be new members, to say there's, there's a real, there's a real need to measure what's happening in this group, not just for the group itself, but for people individually, individual business owners. If you're putting in 150 or 200 or 300 hours a year, um, there's not only a dollar return there, but there's definitely a uh, you need to be able to measure every part of what, you, what your experience is giving you. Um, because maybe you'll get, you know, maybe you'll, maybe you'll generate no revenue from the group for the first year. That's quite likely. The first 18 months, you may not get one job. You may not get one $50 job. Yeah. Um, but if you can't see the value in the other parts of what the group is providing you, whether it be a brains trust or being able to bounce ideas of people yeah. or have a support community or whether it re-energizes you, whatever it may be, um, yeah. then you're probably not going to come out the other side of it. And for me, yeah, you know, my team, for example, this year is a perfect example. Um, I ran into an obstacle with my team where they said, "Look, Gary, we know you do B and I. Um, you know, we've been running the numbers from a marketing perspective. Are we getting the return that we need financially?" And so we sat down, we did the numbers, and it was still a financial return that was worth doing. But I also said to my team, "Well, I'm not sure what you guys think, but if I'm not doing B and I, then at 6:30 in the morning on a Wednesday." I'll tell you what I'll be doing. I'll be sleeping. I won't be out networking. Yeah. I won't be out doing more sales. So I worried that the yeah. time I was putting into that was, you know, time taking away from other sales activities. I'm like, well, I'd probably be sleeping half that time. And then I wouldn't have a network to speak to to generate opportunities to, to do more sales and marketing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's actually, it's a bit of a, it's a false economy to think that you're going to save time or you can't commit to time and then realize that most of the activities you're going to spend on in sales and marketing outside of that group do not have the same kind of return because you're not building relationships. Um, you can have 50 opportunities come through a sales automation funnel every week, but how do you build a relationship with that person? How do you get in front of them? How do you, how do you have them trust you? That isn't some kind of weird charlatan way of you know, generating a $100 job off them or a $5,000 job off them. Um, and in particular, in an industry like ours where we are, 
there are a lot of high ticket sales in what we do. You know, there are projects that we work on that are hundred thousand dollar projects. People aren't going to buy that online. They're not going to jump on our website and put in their credit card details and buy a hundred thousand dollar project. There's a consultancy and a discovery piece that goes into that. Um, and it's something BNI encourages those the discovery of those relationships and building those closer relationships. Uh, if anything, it makes you a better networker. I used to liken it to dating. Um, you know, when you're dating, it's you don't want to be the person waiting for the other person to stop speaking so you can start speaking. You know, you want to kind of give them of yourself and, and absorb what they're giving you. And then maybe in the end there, you find some common ground and you go on a second date. Um, you're not trying to force who you are down their throat. That's not going to work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, this is all about, like our system's all about that accountability and getting up. I tell people, this is an hour and a half each week to spend marketing your business you wouldn't otherwise do. What are you doing now? They'll usually say, well, nothing, because it's usually done on an ad hoc basis. And this is something that's going to not only bring in more business, but help you with your personal development, uh, help you build relationships that you can actually draw on for, for a long time to come. I like to treat B&I like a gym membership. And you wouldn't go and buy a gym membership, then go to the gym and sit there and do nothing and say, oh, I want the fitness to come. Bring the fitness to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got to actually, you know, have that, that accountability that happened, and work the equipment there. there. And BNI is exactly the same. If there was yeah. a gym like that, yeah. Brent, I would be lined up at the door. <laughs> Mate, everyone would be there if there was a gym like that because Hand everyone wants the easy way out. Right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll tell you what about gym A couple of months ago, my gym connected with, I think it was HCF, and they would give you back something like the 30 or 40% of the value of your gym membership as long as you tagged in 28 times a month. And I only had only just started in the gym, so oh. one day we're driving home, and I said to my uh, fiance, "It's like you just jump out and just tag the tag the door of the gym, like you know, with the the swipe pass." She's like, "Why am I doing that?" She got back in the car, I'm like, "Oh, because I need to tag in 28 times this month to make sure I get my rebate from my uh, private healthcare." She goes, "I think you're missing the point of the gym." I was like, and, yeah. "And honestly, look, and and that's why we talk about passengers." Um, kind of someone coming to be and I, people that are going to be there and they're kind of they're along for the ride but they're not contributing they're not collaborating they're the taggers they're the ones that are kind of tagging in and tagging out and hoping they pick something up from it or they'll they'll try it out for a year in inverted commas um the reality is if you're not putting in two three four five six years into B and I, then you're probably not going to see the benefit out of it that you know, really that you that you could and it is it is a, a scaling um uh, i guess exercise you know you, your business will scale if you give it the time yeah fantastic and great to have you on with us today gary uh thank you for the louise green up for uh for referring you on to us to be a part of this it's been a great conversation uh i love how you're really passionate about bni and how you've actually helped people and your fellow members uh through their issues while they've been in isolation through this so well done to you so uh our guest today uh gary freitas from uh luma pixel creative production studio a Thanks, Gary. member of BNI Momentum in Rose Bay. Thanks, Thanks Gary. Fantastic. Have a great day. Thank you. Brent, what a, a fantastic conversation. And we've covered a few really interesting topics here. I think uh, what really stood out for me, apart from how process is so important and attitude, attitude we just got to hear uh, about someone who is dedicated but realistic about BNI and understands the benefit of it. But also, too, um, you know, someone invited Gary to come to the meeting and also said, I need some help with my numbers. So when you discount inviting someone, 
always think about, you just don't know what they're going to bring to the room or what they're going to actually take away from the room. It might be just telling someone else about BNI. In this case, you brought, uh, brought someone along and that person joined. And what about the story about the dentist? Someone's in a dentist chair and still manages to say something. I just think we need to use our voices and don't be afraid to tell people about BNI. Don't be afraid to invite people to BNI. Be proud of your meeting. Ask them just to come along for a breakfast or a meeting. You're not asking them to join. You're just saying, come along and see what I do. It'll help me out, but it'll also, I think, possibly help you out in your business. I think you'd be a really fantastic person to be part of it. Yeah, I just love people, it. I love that. Yeah, people make the mistake of, you know, judging if someone's a good fit before they bring them. Yeah. Whereas that's not the point. Bring them along. They could be a, you know, they could be a potential client for anyone in the room. They could give a five thousand dollar job to someone else in the room that day if they're in the right place. We hear those things happen all the time. So don't prejudge if they're, uh, you know, if they're a good person, and they've got a good business. You know, don't prejudge if they're a good fit or got time. Um, you know, bring them along. Yeah, I think that, that what a fantastic message that was today. And if there is members that are that know of people who may be interested in coming along, use this today as your motivation to pick up the phone and just invite them. Invite them to come along and see what we do. Be proud of your chapter and the work that we do in BNI. So, Brent, um, I don't have a, a question for you this week. We've had a really long conversation, so I'm just going to get straight to straight to the point. What's your tip for the week to our members who are listening? Okay, well, I'd like to ask you today, Veronica, have you ever had that awkward moment where a one-to-one -one is dragging on and you need to get <laughs> to another appointment and you don't like yes. to say, you know, be rude and say, hey, I've got to yes. go, I've got to break this off. You've had that? Yes, I think I a have. lot of it. I think a lot of us have had it. And people ask me, they say, how, how do I get past this? Because some people just want to talk for hours. They've got all day. <laughs> and um, you know, some people just like going on and going on. They're not really it's not really right because they're not really respectful of other people's time. So I'd like to give the tip today is to set the expectations at the meeting start. So right. you've got to set time, whether it be an hour, you set that expectation at the meeting start with the person you're doing the one-to-one -one with and say, Okay, um, great to meet you today. I've only got an hour. I need to go to another appointment. If we don't get through everything today, we'll have to just reschedule if that's okay with you. And if you set that expectation from the meeting start, people know that you only got that particular time to be a part of them and then you have to go. So it's really important to set expectations. And uh, then you don't have to have that awkward conversation. Yeah. Oh, I've got to go. This is dragging <laughs> on, etc. So I have a little bit of a, the opposite problem because I'll, um, I'm, I've got the disease to please. Yeah, you're um, the talker. I'm, I'm the talker. No, no, but I actually want to know all about someone. So I'll get to the end of a one-to-one -one and I haven't been asked any questions about me because I've been using the games and firing questions and then it'll always be, I'll have all these one-to-ones and I'll know all about their business and I haven't really had a chance to talk about mine because I feel like... Well, if I've instigated the one-to-one, -one, it should be all of you yep. to come and hear about your business. What tips have you got for uh, me? You've got to be respectful of other people's time as well. I oh, know. I always keep in time. Yeah. Always keep in time. I think I need two one-to-ones to every every single person I meet. <laughs> Steve's laughing because he knows how much I talk. And on that note, <laughs> on that note, thank you for joining us for episode 18. Um, Brent and I are absolutely stoked and excited at the amount of support that the BNI, the uh, Australian story has been getting. So thank you very much. Please share it. 
with your chapters and uh, your members and anyone else in any other chapters in any other state or even across the globe that you may know of because we're spreading the BNI Aussie style. So thanks very much, Steve, for making sure everything thanks, ran smoothly today. And uh, to our guest, Gary, what a fantastic conversation. Thanks, Gary. And Great job, Gary. Keep up the good work. And uh, I'll see you for episode 19, same time next week, French. All right, see you then, everyone. <laughs>